So, phase four of the MCU has been updated with the latest release, Thor Love and Thunder, and it was cute. It's a fine movie, not quite as funny as Ragnarok, not quite as good writing as what, you know what, actually it was very typical MCU writing, which all in all, I wound up giving it like a six out of 10. I enjoyed my experience and nothing more. Nevertheless, even a fine story has some really key elements that stand out a cut above the rest. And there were plenty of moments worth talking about in Thor when it comes to the Christian experience. There was one line in particular that was downright scripture in the movie, but we'll get to that soon. This video is gonna talk about one of the biggest problems of the Asgardian theology of heaven in Valhalla and how it's a bad parody of what Jesus's heaven actually is. Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and the god of carpentry. Really? Yeah, ain't slick. I'm your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're going to be starting out our video with our scripture. For this video, we're going to be reading from the epistle of James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV UE. That's what's going to be up on the screen. That's my preferred translation. If you have one that you prefer, feel free to use that one as well. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the thing to do and fails to do it, commit sin. First off, what is Thor Love and Thunder? Well, let's start off with some minor spoilers for the movie. I won't reveal the ending or many of the twists beyond what we see and know from the trailers, but better safe than sorry. Thor Love and Thunder follows the story of Thor Odinson as he continues his journey forward after a series of losses that led to Fat Thor the last time that we saw him in the Avengers. But now he has at least the start of a new lease on life. Of course, he still has a lot to learn and a long way to go. Otherwise, why would we make a movie? Why did they make a movie? As the God of Thunder and literally ultra powerful being, Thor thought he was pretty invincible before losing his dad, his hammer, and his entire people after the events of the prior film. This shot to his ego changed things for him, but really only the slightest bit. This brings in Jane Foster, who is Thor's human love interest in the first two Thor films that even the creators of the films would rather you just watch a summary of in this one. Hey, there's a positive. This Thor is way better than those two. Bright side. Anyway, Jane Foster is the main love interest and then just disappears inexplicably from the universe until being brought up again in this film. But she's not just the same old Jane. No, no, she's now the mighty Thor. How? Why? What's going on here? Jane? This is where the spoilers start, but if you read the comics, then you probably weren't surprised at all to learn that Jane Foster's dying. She received a very late stage four cancer diagnosis and it's not looking great. Until one night when she hears Thor's old hammer Mjolnir calling out to her, despite it being an actual pile of rubble at this point. So Jane goes to Mjolnir's call and discovers that she is now worthy of wielding the hammer. It becomes this seriously cool shotgun hammer that can fuse together and like rock it out with the same lightning jolt it's always had. It is by far the best part of this movie. Since she is worthy, she also gets the powers of Thor, including the ability to summon the armor, hence the whole Mighty Thor look. Even still, the space Viking magic is not enough to eliminate cancer, and she is still dying. 
just in less obvious ways. This leads to more than a few conversations between Thor and Jane as they work through their broken relationship and Jane's cancer diagnosis and their current perspective on life and what living is even for. And that brings us to the real crux of this video. Thor is dealing with loss. He wants to simply protect those that he has left or push any new interests away. This is why Jane presents a new challenge for him. It's not a new interest that he can just push away. It's an old flame that is being rekindled. On the other hand, we have Jane who is dying and there's really not much that can be done. But when she is given mysterious inexplicable powers by a magic hammer, well, that gives her the chance to be the new hero and to live each moment to the fullest. So we have Thor, who's used to being invincible, but he's learning about fragility. And then we have Jane, who is used to fragility and is now being confused by this magic invincibility. It's a great dichotomy and could have made for a really great story. <clears throat> To throw another kink into this dichotomy, this movie is going to throw in your face again and again and again the idea that everyone who dies a warrior's death or just happens to be a god that dies gets to go to Valhalla when they die. And given the second post credit scene, this is in fact confirmed and that's all I'll say about that scene. Basically, gods just get to evaporate into golden dust and float away to perfection. Whereas normies like Sif have to actually die in battle to even qualify as the movie pokes fun at with her arm perhaps making it to Valhalla at one point. Doops, I guess Thor's the Calvinist. Maybe his name should be Thur as in unconditional election. Am I right? <laughs> Theology jokes. Pretty regularly in this movie, Thor keeps bringing up that his dad is in Valhalla, that the kids will Will go to Valhalla, that Sif will go to Valhalla, etc, etc, etc. It got a bit obvious at some point. Seems to me that Thor has lost his sense of the present. He's living in a future ideal of Valhalla before he's even gotten there. A future that may or may not exist as he expects it to. Jane is not at all concerned about Valhalla at this moment. She's getting there too fast to begin with, with this cancer diagnosis. She's instead much more concerned with living an honorable warrior's life, fighting for good here in the present as Mighty Thor. As a matter of fact, it's to the point that one of their arguments from Jane's hospital bed nearly mirrors the scripture for today. So let's just go ahead and get into that. Our scripture today is from the epistle of James, and it is a pretty weird one, unlike the other letters in the New Testament. It doesn't really feel like a personal letter. If anything, it kind of feels like a new and improved edition of the book of Proverbs. It's a list of advice, admonitions, and corrections that feel hyper-tuned to followers of Jesus, specifically those coming out of Jewish tradition. This passage in particular takes the focus away from the churchier types and instead puts the attention on the more business savvy new followers of Jesus. James calls out the audience as the type who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money. This letter's for you. To James, this is complete nonsense because no one knows what tomorrow will bring. Hmm, sounds a bit like Thor. What is your life? James asks. It's just a mist in the air, a candle in the wind, a nothingness in the scope of a huge existence. Now that sounds a bit more like Jane. But James isn't being cynical or fatalistic about this. Our lives are not meaningless. They're just out of our control. So what should we do, James? Well, he tells us that we ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. This is a call then to holy living, which is what we are alluding to in our three general rules here at Checkpoint. Do good, do no harm, and strive to grow, or to attend upon the ordinance of God, according to John Wesley. It doesn't mean literally saying this out loud, but being so immersed in the lifestyle proposed by the living Jesus that we are bringing about a reality to the prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is 
in heaven. Then James returns to his scathing review. Currently, hey, y'all are boasting in the control you think you have. And frankly, it's gross. And it makes it worse than just gross because y'all know better. And anyone who knows the right thing and fails to do it commits sin. So let's get back to our three things in tandem here. We have the dichotomy of Thor, who is so certain of the future awaiting him in Valhalla, he is lying to himself about his current fear of losing others. Then we have Jane, who is finally being given the chance to be strong and is living more in the moment than ever. And then we have the third weird recurring theme of Valhalla being a place that is somewhat destined ahead of us. Dare I say, predestined? Oh, double Calvinist dunks, baby! Out of these three, Jane is definitely the closest to James. But ultimately, the movie itself falls short of an adequate understanding of Valhalla heaven and the control that we have over tomorrow. See, James isn't saying that we should throw everything away and live carelessly. We aren't supposed to plan for our rampant success a year out, but we also aren't supposed to just live haphazardly. We have a specific example to live towards. That example for us, of course, being Jesus. But it's tough for us to focus on being Jesus right here and now if we're more focused on being successful next year, five years, 10 years down the road. The truth of the matter is, we just don't have that control. We can try and plan for the future. We can wisely prepare for what's ahead. But if we start living in the future before it actually happens, then we're in the same boat as Thor in this movie. A daydream, a drift without any real focus. I think this is how people often think of heaven. We get so hyper-focused on what heaven will be like, how good things will be, that we forget the ultimate goal in our prayers is to make earth as it is in heaven. If we're so obsessed with Valhalla heaven or the future that we miss out on the loved ones that we have around us right now, those that are needing our help right here today, we're totally missing out on the point of living. So what does that actually mean for us today. Well, if you're feeling a bit listless and lost, odds are you're focusing on the wrong stuff. Life is as complicated or simple as we make it, but the best choice you can make right here and now is to live a life like Christ lived, doing good, doing no harm, striving for growth. Don't worry so much about your eventual hero's death or about what heaven will be like. Worry about what you're doing right this very second to bring heaven to humankind today. There's a lot that can be said about heaven theologically and plenty of differing arguments, but hopefully we can all agree that more heaven on earth wouldn't be such a bad thing to work towards. So whether you're Thor, Thor, or Fat Thor, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your days each week to join us on these nerdy deep dives into some of our favorite topics. If you're wanting more of Checkpoint Church, we are streaming on Twitch some days a week. Sometimes it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sometimes it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. We're always on there. Go give us a follow and we can ping you when we go live. If you want more of Checkpoint Church right here, right now, you can join our Discord where we're live 24-7. So I'll link both of those down in the bio. Hey, quick question for you. What God would have made you lose your mind in omnipotence? city if you've just seen them like lurking in the background. Mine is probably like Kami or King Kai from Dragon Ball because there ain't no way Beerus would be caught dead there. Let's be real. Folks, with that, we're going to end this video with our three things as we always do. Our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. No matter whether you believe in God, don't believe in God, believe in heaven, don't believe in heaven. None of those things change these three things that we believe to be true about you, every single person out there watching this. Number one, we believe that God loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here on Twitch, Discord, and YouTube. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you matter. You're a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? because you are in it. 
Folks, with that, and until the next time that I see you, I hope that you are well, and I look forward to seeing you on Twitch, Discord, or right here at the same time, same place, for another Nerdy Sermon next week. Till then, bye-bye! This is really happening at long last! I'm fed up! I can't do it! anymore spectrum has pushed me too far you've done you've done too much this time spectrum you were here for this monumental moment where i finally am broken like the bat by spectrum